I'd like to uh, say a few things about Esav. Esav is not the, our most popular uh, personality, but it is true that Esav um, started his career very closely attached to Yaakov. And that was the difference. That was the difference between Abraham, who had two sons, but two different wives, and two different attitudes that the two different wives had. So Yitzchak became the son of Abraham, the only son of Abraham, and uh, Esav, uh, I'm sorry, and Yishmael, Hi. And, and Ishmael was rejected. Ishmael was rejected, even though uh, there are, I mean, it depends how you look at it. Depends how you look at who you think Ishmael was or who Ishmael is in this day and age. Uh, he was basically ignored. Uh, but this is not the case with with Esav. Esav was not ignored. Esav became like an ongoing, never-ending problem that the Jews, all, all the, the, the history of uh, the inability of Am Yisrael to get along with its neighbors, to get along with, is, is variously applied to Esav, which is also Edom, which in Chazal is also Romi. Romi is, uh, is Rome. Rome, Rome. Rome is responsible for the Galut, the destruction of the temple in the year 70, the exile, the exile of B'nai Yisrael at that time, Romi, and the continuing exile till today. Today we're still uh, in the, in the, that's how we think of it, of the Roman exile. I mean, how you factor in how you factor into history, to this kind of way of talking about history, how you factor it in is your business. But you know that it's factored in in different ways. Some people say this is right, whatever that means. It was Gula, whatever Gula is, a redemption. You know, like when you when you translate a word that you don't understand by another word that you don't understand, you haven't really uh, uh, increased information and knowledge. So we are in a position. So some people would say that this is Gula, what we have today in Eretz Israel, Gantz and Netanyahu. That's Geula. That's Geula. And some people will say, some people will say, so it's a Fata Morgana. And it's really a kind of punishment uh, to get us to ignore the realities around us and how bad they are. I think opinion A has a little more currency today than opinion B. But the fact of the matter, the fact of the matter is, 
that we don't know. We don't know people who have, if you have a historical perspective, you kind of don't know where you are because history teaches you not too many things, but one thing that history teaches you is that things change. It was bad, it could be better. It was better, it could be worse. I mean, so we don't, it's very hard for us. The Gemara says, the Gemara says, Ein aid nasadayan. This is in Sanhedrin. Ain't aid, a witness does not become a judge. I mean, pra- practically, that's the case, you know, like if you have witnesses who saw something happen or think they saw something happen, you can't appoint them as, you can't appoint them as judges. It's like forbidden. It is not, you know, not an acceptable, not an acceptable position. So we, they, you could say that about ourselves in a kind of more metaphoric sense. We're here in the middle of all this, Eretz Yisrael and Medinat Yisrael and what's going on. And we can't, we can't allow ourselves to make a judgment. On the other hand, we have to act somehow within some kind of comprehensible judgment. Nevertheless, so we don't know, we don't know what uh, um, what uh, Romi, Romi Adom Esav is doing today. We don't know. I mean, you know, nothing is what it used to be. Rome is not. It's not the Romans. Those Romans, they're different Romans. Italians, they call them. You know, and they seem to be having a good time and not thinking too much about the Jewish people at the moment. So that's the, that's the Romans. The Edomites were around earlier in history. Like we don't have much of a connection to them, but we know that they existed because they are in the Chumash and in the Tanakh. And Esav, Esav is himself a perplexing personality. If you look at the sheet, you look at the sheet. I'll look. I'm going to look at my uh, at my chumash, if you don't mind. The sheet is um, is a lamed gimel, right? Lamed gimel, lamed gimel, Perik lamed gimel took place after Yaakov. Remember what happened? Yaakov is coming back. He's coming home. Right? We don't know that he's prepared himself seriously for an encounter with Esau. But we do remember that Esau stated clearly that he wanted to kill Yaakov when he, when he ran away. Right? And his parents, Yaakov, the parents of Yaakov and Esau, were unable to deal with that. So they told Yaakov to run away to Lavan. And he did that. And he spent many years there getting wives and children and, and, and power and, and rechush of one kind or another. That's what, that's what he did, uh, Yaakov. And finally, uh, instructed by God, he decided to leave. And he told Lavan that this is it, you know, he's leaving. And then they had the story uh, with, uh, with the trafim which is a word that, in, that means idols, uh, certain kinds of idols. I don't know what kind of idols. They were missing, and Lavan chased after him. And then they, they, they made an interesting pact. Right? I'm talking about the end of last week's parsha. 
Right, they made an interesting pack, and the interesting pack was that Adkan, they made a, like an imaginary line, and they said, you love on, you're up to here, and me, Yaakov, I'm from here to Eretz Kinan. Okay, whatever, whatever that means, it indicates, it indicates that Yaakov was somehow had parity with Lavan. Even though when he came to Aram Narayim, he had nothing. At least nothing that we know about. When he came to Aram Narayim, he had nothing. When he came, when he left, he had everything. And however, Lavan accused him of creating a reason for dissent, and that was the trafim that Rachel uh, stole. Now you could think, well, you can say whatever you want about Rachel and, you know, the fact that uh, Yaakov liked her more than Leah, does that mean that she had a good reason for stealing the trafim, or she stole the trafim because she was used to it? She was used to having trafim. I don't, I don't want to get into that. So here, suddenly Yaakov Yaakov and his entourage, which was uh, sizable, finds himself on the border of Canaan, and they're going to go, they want to go in. So naturally, he has to ask permission of, of Asaph. He has to ask permission of Asaph. He does that. He, you know, asks permission. He asks permission of Asaph, and then uh, he has this uh, wrestling match with uh, the, uh, I don't know, the angel of Aesop. I mean, okay, it's a kind of a Shakespearean metaphor, you know, like in the middle of the story, you find like you, something happens that's very strange, but it indicates how it's gonna turn out, right? And how it's gonna turn out is that Jacob is gonna win. So after that, after that Jacob comes to Asaph and says to him, and says to him, okay, I'm here, and here are my wives, my children, my sheep, my chattel, I mean, all this stuff. And, and Asaph, Asaph departs from his uh, supposed attitude, which was that he wanted to kill Yaakov. And then suddenly everything changes, and that's chapter 33 that we're looking at. So, chapter 33, one second. Let's look at the, let's look at the words. Vayisai Yaakov Einav, he picked up his eyes. He saw Esav Ba, Esav is coming at him. Imagine this. Let's assume that that's a lot. I mean, I don't really, I don't really know, but Abamot sounds like more ish than uh, than Yaakov could possibly have had. So he had Abamot ish, vayachas et ha'yeladim aleiav Rachel b'ashtei shvachot. It sounds like it means. It sounds like uh, like uh, the families were together, right? Wife one with her children, wife two with her children, shifcha one, shifcha two, with their with their children. But that doesn't sound like he was preparing for a fight, for a battle. The fight, the actual fighting, was usually given over to to the men. That that's uh, that's true even today when there are many exceptions, right? Pasuk bet. Right, so he's, 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 he's,
ואת רחל ואת יוסף האחרונים. So here it's a little bit uh, strange. He put the Shvachot first and their children, and then after them Leah, and then at Rachel and Yosef Achronim. It's like you say, the, the ones he loved the most, he put in the rear, so that they would have the best chance of, of escaping. Rashi says, you look at Rashi on the sheet, that Vyeladeh Achronim, Rashi quotes this uh, pitgam, this um, phrase that Chazal used, acharon, acharon chaviv, which you could either see as being a mystical idea, the last one is the one you like the most, right? Or it's a, it's a kind of a psychology. It's like a, it tells you something about human psychology, that acharon, acharon chaviv, you, you, know, you know when you eat, the, uh, you eat uh, the different foods on the plate, the same plate. So sometimes people eat the thing they like the most first, and sometimes they eat it last. You could divide the world into these two groups somehow. But one, one group says, achron, achron, chaviv. You know, that you, even if, even if you fill up on the other stuff on the plate, right? Okay, we're up to Pasuk Gimel. Yaakov goes across them, he, he walks in front of them, and he bowed down seven times until he reached his brother. Until he reached his brother. So this is Yaakov. Yaakov says that this wicked man comes to fight. Okay, I'm here and I'll fight, I'll fight with him. This wicked man. Right, that's what Rashi, Rashi says. We don't know exactly why he's such a Rasha. I mean, what did Asab do that was so terrible? When he came, remember when he was just a, a, a lad, he, wanted, he came very hungry, and he said to Yaakov, could I have some of this cholt that you made? And Yaakov said, okay, I'll give you a little cholt, but sell, send me your birth, sell me your birthright. I haven't got a clue what Yaakov meant and what Asaph thought that Yaakov meant. But, but Asaph was definitely the one in a difficult situation. He was the one who, who was not doing anything wrong. He was hungry. He came back from, uh, I mean, what was Yaakov doing? He's supposed to be learning. What is he making chont? It seems unreasonable. And then later on, uh, his father, Esau's father, Yitzchak, said to him, look, you know, make me a good meal and I'll be in a good mood and I'll bless you. Rivka said, no, can't be. This is terrible. It's uh, this is beyond the 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 pale, and I've got to make sure this never happens. Like Asaph, he didn't do a thing. He didn't do a thing. It's only when af after the the Yitzchak says to Asaph, "Look, I don't really have another bracha for you." It's some kind of a lack of uh, of connectivity between. Yaakov, between Yitzchak and Esau, Esau says, okay, I'm going to kill him. 
I, I don't even know what that means. I mean, what, what I mean is that was that accepted in in uh, in the society in which they lived? And if you didn't like like somebody, or if you did, it's like uh, it's like uh, Cain and Hevel. Cain and Hevel. What was the idea of of killing Hevel? I mean, what God accepted the sacrifice that was brought by Cain and rejected the sacrifice that was brought by Hevel. So, what? He rejected the other way around. Oh, the other way around. So God accepted the, uh, the sacrifice of Hevel and rejected the sacrifice of, of Cain. So what did Cain do? He said he had two choices. He says, I can improve. Whatever it is I'm doing, I can make it better. I can, I can improve it. Or I could kill Hevel. <laughs> if I kill Hevel, then I'm de facto the winner because there's no competition. So that's how murder came into the world. Like it was a shortcut to achievement. Instead of Cain achieving something, he just got rid of the opposition, right? Which may be the same way that Asaph thought about it. It was like, you have to, it's like I, I hear in the radio, you know, a news every day that some, somebody killed his wife. You know, so it seems to me that there's a world out there where that's a way of solving a problem. You know, it's like it comes from someplace. A dual. The what? Pistols at dawn, very recent. It's what? A dual, pistols at dawn. It's a duel with pistols, people. Oh, a duel with pistols, yeah, but when, all the movies that I used to see, it was like always a technical problem, you know, like but, but pistols not, didn't work right. But it's not a good thing when people do that. It's not a positive thing, it's an evil thing. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm just thinking about whether there's a world out there where people think that killing your wife is a normal, a normal thing to do. That's, that's, that's what I mean. I, don't, I know they do it. As I was saying, so Asa, um, uh, Cain and Hevel, Cain and Hevel, well, Cain killed Hevel in order to reduce the competition. He figured if there's only one person bringing a sacrifice, so that one person will certainly be approved of by God. But that's an interesting idea of how murder came into the world, right? Murder came into the world because he was seen as a shortcut. So Esav, Esav said, I'm going to kill Yaakov because he's, uh, he took everything. Took everything from me, didn't leave me a thing. I mean, you could be a little more sympathetic to Esav, even though we're generally not sympathetic to him. And now here is Esav. Here is Esav coming back I mean, Yaakov coming back there, it's Canaan. Asa meeting him at the pass, you know, whatever the pass was. And, and, Pasuk Dalit. Vayaretz Esav Likrato Vayachabkeyu. Right? That's what it says. That Vayaretz Esav Likrato. That's like either an act of war or an act of peace. In this case, here's Yaakov standing there. He doesn't know. Is is Esau running at him? I mean, Esau was a tough guy. He was out in the field. He was a hunter. He, you know, 
So you got this guy who you haven't seen in years and years running at you, and the last thing you heard from him was that he was going to kill you. But he didn't really. He didn't actually say that. He th- he thought it. Asaph. Yeah. Okay. But that's why. The, but why did they send him away? They must have known that. Well, because well, Rivka got the Ruch Hakodesh, but who got the Rivka? But yeah. I mean, well, that's good enough. Right. 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 But I mean, he didn't like proclaim it to the society that. It, yeah, but here it's just the two of them. Right. And Yaakov ran away because of the fact that Rivka knew what he was thinking. Right. And all right. This is like a, became an important pasuk. Right, you see that there's a kri uchtiv in the pasuk, and the ktiv, the way it's written in the Sefer Torah, is like a singular. Tzavaro. It, it, it's a mistake that in the editions of the Chumash, they vocalize the, what you're not supposed to read. As though it's a word you are supposed to read. See, if you look at the, in my Chumash that I'm looking at, there's a, there's a vocalization, a patach under the tzadi and a kamatz under the vav and another kamatz under the resh. That's the vocalization of the kri. But it's not the vocalization of the ktiv. The vocalization of the ktiv is tzavaro, singular. Kri, tzavarav, plural. It's a singular, plural kind of, of the distinction. And then, vayichat bekehu. Vayichat bekehu, Rashi. Rashi says, Nitgal gilu rachamav kishira'ahu mishtachaveh koleshtachavayot halalu. I don't know if that's a compliment or not a compliment, Rashi. It was Nidgalgilu. Somehow he became merciful. He, Asa, became merciful because he saw Yaakov bowing all these bows, right? And then the Pasuk says, Vayisha Kehu. And Vayivku. Vayisha Kehu means he kissed him. He kissed him. Now Rashi points out it sh- in this. In, I'm sorry, in this sheet it doesn't have it, but in the Chumash that you read in the Beit Hakneset, there are dots on all of the letters of Vayisha Kehu. It, it, it's in the Chumash. The vocalization is not in the Chumash, but the dots are. The dots are in the Chumash, so they're considered to be Halacha Lemoshe Misinai. They are, they are, that's the way Moshe Rabbeinu taught us the Torah, right, with those dots. So Rashi says, mm-hmm. There are dots on that word. There are those who uh, uh, use these nekudot as a source of a drasha. Lomar, he didn't really mean it. Esav. He ran, he grabbed him, he hugged him, and he kissed him. But it wasn't for real. Omar Rav Shimon ben Yochai, halacha hi biyadua, biyadua she Esav so Yaakov. 
הלכה הוא, הלכה היא בידוע שעשיו שונא ליעקב, אלא שנכמרו רחמיו באותה שעה ונשקו בכל ליבו. The truth is that Esav hates, hates Yaakov. I mean, it doesn't mean he hates him now or at this minute. It means he just hates him forever. It is, there's nothing going to change about that. That's what Chazal, Chazal said, that the halochahi, uh, right? It's, it's a rule of nature. Now, we don't know what the what the what Chazal mean. Nichmeru Rachamav. So, in other words, at that moment, he became merciful. Like, why did Chazal say that? What did, what terrible thing did did Esav do? The first real conflict between Yaakov and Esav. Esav is a very friendly person. And even though they, he thought to kill him once, but you know that when you think of something, it's not the same as doing it. So that's Vayishakeo. Vayishakeo, according to Rashi, says there's a drosha to be made. There's something to be understood. Right? And so what it means is it looks like Esav and Yaakov are making peace, but in fact they're not. That's what that's what uh, what Rashi says. Vaisate nav, vayarta yednashim, vayeta yeladim, vayomer mi eila. Who are these children? These women? Vayomer hayeladim asher chanan elokim et avdecha. He understands that language, right? Because Esav was brought up in the house of. Yitzchak and Rivka, so he knows what Ace, what Yaakov means when he says Hayeladim that uh, that God gave to gave to me, right? Pasuk vav Oh, okay. So we we have reconstituted the meeting. The meeting is now friendly. Everybody is bowing down to everybody. Pasuk Zayin v'tigash gam le'av yeladev v'yishtachavu v'achar nigash Yosef Rachel v'yishtachavu All of them came to Esav and declared themselves, well, they bowed down to him, which kind of means that whatever authority he, uh, he had, they accepted. They accepted. V'yomer and he said, Esav said to Yaakov, where'd you get all of this stuff? In order that we should please you. It's all, all done in order to uh, please you. So he says, So Rashi says, Rashi, Pasuk Chet. That is to say, How did it get to you to be yours? That's the pshat. Mi lecha kol ha-machane 
So Rashi says, Rashi says, you see the Rashi Pshuto Shal Mikra, Nemar al Molichei HaMincha, Umidrasho Kitot Shal Malachim, Kitot Shal Malachim Paga, Shayu Dochafim Oto, Veet Anashav, Vomim Lehem Shal Mi Atem, Vehem Vomim Lehem Shal Esav, Vehem Omrim Haku Haku, Veelu Omrim Hanichu, Beno Shal Yitzchakhu, Velo Hayu Mashkichim Alav, Ben Beno Shal Avraham Hu, Velo Hayu Mashkichim Amru Shal Yaakov Hu, Omrim Lahem Imkain, Mishelanu Atem. Okay, well, I'll go through it again, but, but you can see that Rashi, Rashi has a little difficulty when Esav came and said, I mean, like, what's the question? I mean, obviously, it all belongs to Yaakov, or whatever you have. So he wanted a blow-by-blow of how he got to, all, to the riches that he had. So if you look again, look again. Where does this machane come from? The machane, the camp that I met up with, Klomar, Lama Hulecha. How, how did you get to it? Asaph says. It, it sounds like from the Rashi that Asaph was convincing himself that fighting with Yaakov was not a good idea. Right? Yaakov could come back with all of these people that even though he had 400 soldiers, it didn't really matter. So now if you look at the Rashi, Rashi says, Pshuto shel mikra ne'emar al molichei ha-mincha. He says the, what he's referring to, Pshuto shel mikra, is he's referring to the people who brought him the presents. Yaakov sent shlichim to bring presents to Esav. That's Pshuto shel mikra. Umedrasho, which means a less... Uh, obvious interpretation, but one that he thinks is correct because Chazal said it. Right? That's that's Rashi's uh, position. <laughs> there are groups of angels that he ran into. He Esav. They would push his him around and his people. And they and he Asaf would say to them, Where did you guys come from? You angels. Where did you angels come from? And they say we are the people of Asaf. And they say, hit them, hit them. And the other ones say, no, let them be. Right? He's the son of Yitzchak. That didn't impress them so much. He's, he's also the, the grandson of Abraham. Lo Yumashki didn't pay any attention, they kept hitting him. Achiv shall Yaakov who 
he's Yaakov's brother, In other words, according to Rashi, according to Rashi, is somehow a way of, uh, of pacifying uh, the animosity between Yaakov and Esav. So we have another case of pacifying the animosity of Yaakov and Esav. And we go on to the next pasuk, pasuk tet vayom esav, yesh li rav, achi, yelecha asher lecha. He doesn't want to take any presents. Right, we know about the marat ha-machpelah, in parashat chayi sarah, that that was like the way of talking. The way of talking, I want to take the, the, the stuff you brought me, but I want to first claim that I'm rejecting it. But at the end, at the end you take it. At the end you take that. So he says... Esav says to Yaakov, I have a lot. My brother, So there it is. There it is. No? You don't see it? I'll say the Pasuk again. You know, this is uh, this is Asab's revelation. Asab's <laughs> revelation was achi, that in spite of whatever happened in the past, this is who we are. We are brothers. That makes a difference, right? That we're not going to repeat the mistake of Cain and Hevel, and we know what happened. To Cain as a result of that mistake. So this is what he says. Esau says, I didn't lose anything by not uh, getting the bracha, the first bracha, which was a bracha, as they say, gashmiyut, like things, stuff, that uh, that that bracha was stolen from uh, from Yaakov, from, uh, from Esau and given to Yaakov, right, the bracha of stuff, the bracha of stuff, and achi, uh, he says, I'm not jealous of the fact that you stole the bracha and that I see in front of me the result of that bracha. I mean, you went to a very difficult situation to Aram Narayim, you were with Lavan, you, you were oppressed, actually, in, in the labor that you did. And somehow, and somehow you, you, the bracha worked. But for, as far as I'm concerned, Yeshli Rav. Yeshli Rav meant that the bracha was not unique. It wasn't only that Yaakov would get uh, whatever he would get, but I, Esav, was also able to amass a fortune. And able to amass a fortune Right? I'll take mine and you take yours. Uh, Rashi, Rashi says, He was, he admitted that, that Yaakov received the bracha that he would have liked to have. And therefore, he he uh, he imagined. I mean, just pasuk changes the whole story. That Yaakov Yaakov 
what he, he said, I, in order for me to make peace with Esau, Esau has got to make peace with the idea that I received the blessing from our father. If he can make peace with that idea, then we can make peace. And that's what Esau says. He says, well, Yom Esau, yesh li rav, achi, achi, my brother, I don't feel that it's uh, that the bracha that you receive is a negation of the bracha that I didn't receive, right? That I didn't receive. So that's that's the uh, that's the bracha. Vayomer Yaakov next pasuk alna imnamatzatichem beinecha velakachta minchati biyadi ki al kenya iti panecha. Kirot Pinei Elohim Vatirtseini. Alna, Yaakov says, Im Namatzatichem Beinecha, if I if I am uh, if I'm able to comprehend you and you're able to deal with me, will Akakta min Khatimi Yadi, you'll take my present, the gift that I bring. Ki al Kenra iti panecha kirot pinei elohim. Kim vatirtseni. Vatirtseni is, I'm, I'm happy about it. But what does that mean? What could that possibly mean? Rashi. Rashi. You, it's, it's reasonable that you should accept my gift because I saw your face and they are somehow he says, Ki al Kenra iti panecha, the Pesach, I'm reading the Pesach, according to Rashi, Al Kenra iti panecha, I see in your face, Kiraot Pnei Elohim atirtseni, who's the Pnei Elohim that he saw? The angel that he wrestled with, according to Rashi. You know, Rashi doesn't like too much uh, anthropomorphism, and and uh, and that's what uh, what he has here, Sar Shulcha, Va'od, Al li limchol al surchani Furthermore, you you have uh, come make peace. You've forgiven me, actually. Al uh, on, on, on the stink that I produced, on the terrible things that I did. And why did Yaakov? mention the angel that he fought with, right? The angel which was the officer of, of Esav. In order that Esav should be afraid of him. That, uh, and he would say he saw angels and he was saved. I won't be able to fight with him. The last uh, uh, word in the pasuk, Kirot Pneelu Im Vatirtseni, Rashi Zivatirtseni, Nit Payasta Li. You have forgiven me 
וכן כל רצון שבמקרא לשון פיוס, this is a, a Rashi comment on the word, ותרצני, רצון is will, willfulness, equals פיוס, like a kind of, פיוס uh, um, means they, they make peace with each other, פיוס. And then he even gives you a old French uh, word that fits into that idea. Ki lo liratzon yelechem, lo liratzon yelechem. You're not going to find peace with each other. Ha-korbanot ba-ot lefayes v'liratzot. The korbanot in the Beit HaMikdash come in order to uh, pacify and to make it uh, worthy. V'kein sifdei tzadik yad'un ratzon, a pasuk in Mishlei, yodim l'fayes v'l'ratzot. So again, again, he, Yaakov seems to have the upper hand in the conversation, whereas Esav says, I don't want to take your stuff that you're sending me because that means, apparently, that means that there's an agreement. You, you give stuff when you make an agreement, right? What we call a Brit. Uh, it was not like you just go to visit somebody, give him a bottle of wine. But he, he was willing to give Esau a lot in order that it should become known that they had made a uh, pact. Esau didn't want to do that at first. But Yaakov reminded him, according to the way Rashi reads the Psukim, Yaakov reminded him that he, Yaakov, fought with the angel and he had, he had uh, uh, won the, the battle. And that must mean something to Esau as well. And apparently, at least according to Rashi, it did. It did mean something to Esau. Uh, Kachnat birchatia shehu veit lach ki chanani elokim ki yesh li kol vayetzar bo vayikach kachna kachna that means not always means please or, or a little more kach is a tzivui take it what, what's a little more well I guess whatever you think et birchati asher hu vat lach the bracha that I bring to you God bestowed upon me, that I have everything, and he begged him to take it, and he took it. Yeshli Kol reminds me of Avram Avinu. And here Yitzchak says, Yaakov says, Yeshli Kol. So if, if uh, both of them knew the story about Abraham, so it's like, it's like Yitzchak saying, I am like our grandfather. I'm like our grandfather. Whatever the bracha that I received, uh, instead of you, that, that's not what made me into who I am. But I am, uh, I am the rece- receiver of the bracha of Abraham. And he said, I want you to take it. Vayomer, Vayomer, Nasavenelecha, 
Okay, I mean, we have a few more psukim that I would like to actually uh, learn, but it's enough. It's enough. Now, as you see in this story, how Yaakov emerges uh, in a way that, that overwhelms Asaph, and that the overwhelming of Asaph is connected to the presence that he brought him. But sometimes when you give somebody something, you're saying, look at me, I can do this. I can give this, this present. And I think that it's important for you to recognize the fact that I am uh, in, that, in that position. So that's what, according to Rashi at least, what Yaakov, what Yaakov said to Esau. Yaakov said to Esau, you're really the weak one. I'm the strong one. Uh, and, and he proved it to him by whatever it was that he wanted to give him, that he wanted to give him as a present. What I wanted to do is also, I mean, we don't have time, but we'll look at a little bit. There's a, there's a book in Treyasa called Avadya. Oshea Yoel Avos Avadya, right? Today nobody knows the name of the, the names of the Treyasa because nobody learns them. It doesn't fit into any kind of schedule of Torah learning or even, well, they have this initiative, the Mishrat HaChinuch, right? They go through all the chapters of the Tanakh, but uh, I, I don't know. Who knows about these things? They work, maybe they work. Maybe they work. Okay, so the book of Avadi is the last of the Treyasar and the smallest, the smallest book of the Tanakh, one chapter. One chapter, and his topic is Edom. His topic is Edom. Edom is the people that evolved from Esav. Right? How it could be that, you know, you could evolve a whole people. So I guess there were people someplace, and Esav conquered them. And therefore, they became Aesopites. Aesop had another name, Adam, right? Because he was reddish when he was born. So it may be that Aesop conquered a group and organized the group into a people, what we call a, a people, and, and that people was named, that people was named Adam. So Rashi says, not Rashi, uh, Ovadia, starts with this Chazon Ovadia. Chazon is a word that's applied to prophecy. You know, the Rambam tries to divide up the words uh, that are used in a prophetic sense in the Bible. It's, it's important for the Rambam because he felt that you could achieve that. In, in other words, if, if becoming a prophet meant a certain kind of personal achievement, you had to be a great scholar and an independent personality, etc. So the Rambam, the Rambam wanted to know where, what the stages were. I mean, how you get up to the top where God might decide to make you a prophet. So Chazon is one of those words. Ko amar Hashem Elokim le'edom. Le'edom. Now, who is Edom? It's the people that we associate with with Esav, the people we associate with Esav, Shmoa Shamanu Me'et Hashem, with Sir Bagoyim Shalach, Sir is a representative 
Kumu Kuma Lela Milchama. Let's go and act against it in war. Pasuk Bet, you're a very small nation, you're very uh, un, unsatisfactory. Gimel, Zadon Libcha Hesiyacha, Shochni Bechadwea Sela, Marom Shivto Amar Belibo, Mi Yoridani Aretz. Okay, you're, you think you're a big shot, but you're not. Pasuk Dalit, Im Tagbia Kanesher, Veim Bein Kochavim Simki Necha. If either of you place yourself high up in a in a a ken, a ken, what's a ken in English? Nest. A nest. Thank you. So even if you you put yourself high up, you fly up, and you you make a nest to yourself. So we see, we see. Just from looking at these few psukim that we looked at. We see that that the uh, we see that Edom Edom is the people, right? Not Esav. The people uh, retained the uh, for Am Yisrael the the hatred that they had for Esav. Right? Even though Esav, as we have seen. You know, we saw the end of the story of Asa was that he remains the enemy. He remains the enemy of Am Yisrael. The enemy of Am Yisrael becomes the people who are the enemy of Am Yisrael. And we know that Edom, Esav, was the father of Amalek. Was three generations before Amalek. And we know that Amalek is the only people the only people where we are directed to kind of do away with them, to do away with the Amalekites. We have to remember, we have to understand that there are things that there are people who don't change. That's Amalek. People who don't change. They, they continue with the hatred and uh, up to today. And, and so finally, it's not in this, in this section yet, but the third, the third iteration of Esav is, uh, the third iteration of Esav is, uh, uh, what we call, the first is Esav, the second is Edom, and the third is the idea, the idea that Romy you know, it works backwards. It because the Romans caused this terrible uh, diaspora, right? In this terrible diaspora, there are ups and downs, but it just seems to be going on forever. The first diaspora was 586 BCE until 536 or 535 BCE, right? 50 years. This diaspora that we're in now, I mean, I'm not saying that we're in the diaspora here in, in Yerushalayim. I'm saying the diaspora goes on, right? It goes on because we open the radio and we hear about the news of the diaspora in Jersey City, right? That's what it is, right? The, the, news, the news in Israel, it's, it's, it's interesting. They find, wherever it is in the world, they find the Chabadnik, who speaks Hebrew, 
who can answer the you know, question, <coughs> questions about what's going on what, and what's going on and what's happening. What did the police commissioner say? Well, like we're, we're um, sort of every place in the world. So since we're in every place in the world, we could be despised by Edom, every place in the world, which, again, sometimes you find it, it rep, it's representing the good side of, of, uh, of Esau, and sometimes representing the bad side. Of, but in such a the situation, obviously, where you can't really trust them. You can't really trust them. And that's one of the differences what are the differences between, you know, say, orthodoxy and reform, right? Reform thought that they could integrate themselves perfectly, perfect harmony with, uh, with the Jews, with the Goyim. And the orthodox never thought so. And in fact, orthodox Jews always exacerbated their relationship by wearing funny clothes and speaking in a funny language and demanding food that nobody else had or could, could get. So this were all, these were all contrivances that were approved of in order to keep things separate in spite of the fact that we might be in a good patch now. It might be good. So Asav, I think, comes out as this complex personality. He wants this, but he, can't, he knows he can't get it, so he goes for something else. And that... Uh, and then if you go through the, uh, the parish of uh, the one parak of Avadya, you'll see again there's a lot of dislike on his part, Avadya's part, for, uh, for uh, the Jewish people. Okay, have a good Shabbos.